welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Welcome to Games for the Throne. Um, so I just finished watching episode 702, Stormborn. It was a great episode. Things are starting to move um, forward. Uh, looks like we're going to get Danny and John in the same room next week, which I'm really excited about. Uh, really pissed at Cersei uh, for what she did to Balerion the Black Dread's skeleton or his skull, but I'll get to that later. So first things first, we see a storm. Um, then we see Dragonstone and Danny, Varys, and Tyrion are in the room of the carved table. And uh, Varys and Tyrion are talking about how it's a storm much like the night Danny was born, which is why she was called Daenerys Stormborn. Um, her mother also died that night. That was the night that I believe Stannis headed the army that... Um, that went to Dragonstone, and so Danny's mother died. Viserys had to take her on a boat to Essos. Um, Danny's not really set on reminiscing. She's ready to get down to business. She's ready to conquer Westeros and get rid of Cersei. Um, she says if her brother Viserys had three dragons, he would have already conquered the Seven Kingdoms. And Tyrion says, well, yeah, it would be easy for you to conquer Westeros, but you don't want to be the ruler of Ashes. Um, so Danny turns her attention on to Varys and she says that she needs to thank him for bringing the Tyrells and the Martells into her service. And then she says she wants to talk to him because, you know, he served her father and then he betrayed him and he served Robert. Uh, but all the while that he was serving Robert, he was secretly serving Viserys and now he has come to her. Um, so she's not sure whether to trust him or not. And she says, you know, you used to favor my brother and he was cruel, stupid, and weak. And Varys said, well, I didn't know your brother very well. I just knew that Robert didn't want to be king, wasn't a good king. Um, and that I didn't really know anything about you until you married Khal Drogo. And she says, yeah, you guys just like sold me to the Dothraki. And he says, yeah, but you used that to your advantage. So, um, she asks him about, um, who sent the message to Essos from Robert Baratheon trying to have her killed. And of course that was Varys, but he says he did what he had to do to survive, that he didn't grow up in a great house, um, and that his loyalties lie with the people. He says, if she lets him live, he will serve her well because she has the best chance for the people of Westeros. So she asks him to swear fealty to her and also says you know if you ever feel like I am failing the people then don't go behind my back and just pick somebody else to decide uh, for them to be king or queen I want you to look me in the eye and tell me that I'm failing my people and I will listen to you and do something about it and then she also swears that if he ever betrays her she will burn him alive and he says he would expect nothing less from the mother of dragons they're told they have a visitor, that it's a red priestess from um, Ashai, which, uh, yeah, technically she did come from Ashai like forever ago when she met Stannis, but uh, it's Melisandre. She has just come from um, Winterfell. And uh, Varys tells Danny that Melisandre 
had tried to help Stannis become the king, but Danny says, well, it's really good that she came on the right day where people have been pardoned for backing the wrong king. Um, and Melisandre says, well, I'm here to tell you about this prophecy about the prince that was promised. And Danny said, well, I'm not a prince. Um, but Missandei, being the perfectionist that she is, points out that the translation is actually incorrect, that the word for, um, prince and high valyrian isn't actually gender specific so it actually means prince or princess however the prophecy sounded better just saying the prince that was promised so could be the prince could be the princess who was promised um danny asks if melisandre thinks that she is this princess that was promised and melisandre said well prophecies are hard to figure out so She's not jumping on Danny's bandwagon just yet. Either she's like playing her cards really close to her chest because she's not sure if it's going to be John or Danny or somebody else, or she just knows that she really doesn't know. Um, you know, she seems to jump on everybody's bandwagon five seconds after the other one, but maybe now she is really just trying to help. And, um, she knows that Danny has these dragons possibly that can help in this war against the long night. So, um, she tells Danny that she thinks that she does have a big role to play in it, as well as the King in the North, Jon Snow. And, uh, Tyrion says, well, I know John. I met him when I went to Winterfell, uh, with Robert years ago. And, um, I went to him with the wall when he went to join the Night's Watch. He's a really good guy. Um, you should meet with him. And Melisandre says, you know, when he, he became the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch in a short time, he let the wildlings through the wall and um, he joined them together with the men of the Night's Watch. He also joined them with the Lords of the North and um, he regained Winterfell. So she should summon Jon Snow to ask him what he's seen north of the wall. And Tyrion says, well, he can't speak to the prophecy, but he does like Jon Snow and he trusts him. And Tyrion is an excellent judge of character, as he states. Um, he says, um, he tells Danny what Cersei did um, to Jon's family, what Cersei and um, his father, Lord Tywin and Joffrey did by killing Ned Stark and, you know, the Red Wedding and all of that. And he says, you know, John could be a really good ally for you. He does not like Cersei. So she tells Danny, uh, she tells Tyrion to send a raven north to John, inviting him to come see his queen and telling him to bend the knee. So she seems a little harsh on that point. Um, She's very ready to conquer Westeros. She's tired of playing these games. She's been waiting and waiting and waiting to fight. Uh, she does not know John, even though she knows people that have met him. So she's not really keen on this whole King of the North thing or King of the North thing, or it doesn't seem like she is right now. We'll see what happens with that. John receives the um, letter from Tyrion, and Sansa thinks it's a trap, but... Tyrion included a line in it that he said to John in season one when they were um, at Winterfell about all dwarves being bastards in their father's eyes. So John knows that it is from Tyrion. Um, he asks Sansa what he should do since she knows Tyrion best. And she says, well, Tyrion was always nice to her that he's not like the other Lannisters, but it's too risky. 
Sir Davos points out that the dragons, if it's true that she has dragons, will come in handy to fight the White Walkers, but he doesn't think that John should go. Um, he wants John to send, well, he doesn't say, but I think it's he wants John to send him. Um, Cersei has gathered all of the Southron lords, um, including uh, Lord Randall Tarly. She says that Danny is just like her father, that she's the Mad Queen. Ha ha, Danny would know. She just blew up half the fucking capital like the Mad King wanted to, but whatever. But she says Danny will hurt the kingdom if she takes the Iron Throne with the Dothraki and the Unsullied, um, which I can understand how the Lords of Westeros would be a little off put by that because it is a foreign army. They don't know them like we know them. She says that even though um, these men that she's gathered are bannermen to House Tyrell, that Lady Elena has basically betrayed Westeros by paying back their years of service by joining with the Mad King's daughter. Lord Tarly says, well, she, uh, Danny, has three full-grown dragons, so how do you plan to stop them? And Kyburn says they're working on a solution. Uh, we get to meet the new Dickon in this scene as well, who is played by Tom Hopper from Black Sails, um, who, in my opinion, is very nice looking, but looks older than um, the actor, um, oh God, what's his name? I can't remember it, uh, that plays Samuel Tarley. And he's supposed to be the younger brother, but that's, I digress. Um, Jamie goes to talk to Lord Randall and he wants, um, well, Lord Randall says that he's leaving right away to rally his army, but he doesn't say who he's rallying the army for. And Jamie says he wants him to be um, his second in command for the army. But Lord Randall says that he won't go against the Tyrells because the Lannisters play dirty and the Tarly name means something. And he's not an oathbreaker or a schemer. He doesn't slit people's throats at weddings and stab them in the back. He swore an oath to House Tyrell. Jamie says, well, you swore an oath to your kingdom too. And Jamie mentions the Dothraki again and says, Lord Tarly has to make a choice. He even offers to talk Cersei into letting Lord Tarly be Warden of the South. We find out and see more of where Jorah is at with um, the grayscale. It's um, down most of his chest and abdomen area and down half of his back. Um, so at the Citadel, um, Archmaester, I believe this is supposed to be Archmaester Marwyn, um, he tells Jorah that he should have cut his arm off as soon as he knew he had grayscale, uh, that he'll live for like 10 years, but his mind will be gone in six months. Uh, Sam's there and he says, well, he met Stannis's daughter, Shireen, and that her grayscale was stopped. So there must be some way to do it. And the Archmaester asks if, you know, Sam has ever treated grayscale before, if he's ever done this, done that. And of course, um, Sam has to say no. So the Archmaester says there's nothing that they can do to fix Jorah, that he'll give him one more day before he has to leave um, Westeros, and he can spend it however he wants. Then Sam finds out that his name is Jorah Mormont, but he doesn't say anything to him yet about knowing his father. Then we get to see what Kyburn and Cersei have up their sleeves for the dragons. They're down in the basement area of um kings of the red keep and this is where all the skulls of the dragons um were moved to when the targaryens ruled they used to be up in the throne room but robert didn't have them destroyed because 
he could well Cersei says they were his trophies um I think it was also just because it's the history of Westeros so you can't destroy that um and so he put them down there and uh it has the um the biggest dragons that ever lived such as Balerion the Black Dread all the way to the last dragons that lived which were as small as dogs um so Kyburn takes her, shows her the skull of Balerion, the Black Dread, who is, of course, the dragon that Aegon the Conqueror rode when he conquered Westeros. Um, Balerion is like the greatest dragon that ever lived. And um, his flames forged the Iron Throne. Uh, so Kyburn says he was powerful, but he's not invincible. That he heard that Danny's um, dragon, which would be Drogon, was wounded by spears in the pit and marines so they can be hurt and killed um so he's had the blacksmiths and whoever else um working on some sort of weapon that's um i don't know what the technical name for it would be but basically it's like uh shoot spears into the air and so he tells her to release it and she does and it shoots a spear into Balerion's skull which i'm sorry just really 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 pissed me off for many reasons um, so that's how they are going to fight the dragons. Um, and I would, but I would think like, I do know that their skin isn't impenetrable, but I think it would take a lot, um, with their scales and their skin should be thick. Um, so I don't know, but I guess with enough force, then, um, that could happen. So anyway, this is just another in my long list of reasons why Cersei needs to fucking die. And, uh, she smiles. She's happy with this weapon. Danny's in the room with the carved table again, and um, Yara is in there, Tyrion's in there, Alaria Sand is in there, and Lady Olena's there. And Yara is saying that they should take King's Landing now, it'd be really easy. Cersei really only has, like, a couple of the kingdoms <laughs> behind her. But Syrian says that they can't release the dragons on everybody because they'll kill thousands of people. Um, Ilaria says, you know, that's war. And Tyrion brings up that she killed Marcella, who was just an innocent bystander in all this. But she says, well, there are no innocent Lannisters and that she hates that Oberyn died fighting for Tyrion. Danny shuts Ilaria up. She tells her that she needs to be respectful to Tyrion because he's her hand. And uh, Lady Olenna then speaks up and she says the people need to fear Danny in order for her to rule that they loved her granddaughter Marjorie and look what happened to her. Um, so they want to know how Danny thinks she should take the seven kingdoms. And she says they will attack the places around the, um, the capital around King's Landing, cutting off the food and, but they'll need to use a Westerosi army for this. Um, Tyrion is advising her that he does not think that she should use the Unsullied and the, the Dothraki because Cersei will use that to say, you know, look, she's bringing in all of these foreign people to take our kingdom. Um, so they really need the, the Dorne army and the Tyrell army to fight in King's Landing and, um, the Greyjoy fleet that Yara and Theon have, they are going to take them to King's Landing. Meanwhile, the Unsullied and the Dothraki are going to attack Casterly Rock. So Yara and the others um, support this decision. 
And they all, um, they go to break up the meeting. Danny says she wants to speak to Lady Elena alone. And she tells her that she realizes that she's there for hatred of Cersei and not for love of Danny, but that Danny will bring peace to Westeros and revenge to Cersei. And Elena says, yeah, everybody brings peace. There's always a little bit of time of peace and then there's war again. She tells Danny that she should ignore Tyrion because he's a lord of Westeros and they are sheep, but she's a dragon and she needs to rule and fight as a dragon. Missandei goes to visit Grey Worm. She's heard that he's leaving and she wonders why he didn't say goodbye to her. And he says, well, I was going to talk to you when I saw you again when I come back. So she tells him that she wishes him good fortune, um, but she's upset that he didn't say goodbye. And he said, well, it's hard to say goodbye to you because you're my weakness. When, um, when the Unsullied are little boys, the masters would find out quickly what their fears were, if they feared heights, if they feared dogs, and then they would make them face that fear. But Grey Worm never had any fears. Uh, until he met her and so she is his weakness and he fears that he won't see her again he fears losing her so um, she says that she feels the same way they kiss um, she stops him for a minute and it looks like he's disappointed like she is stopping what's going on but she undresses herself and then she tries to undress him but when she goes to take off his pants, he um, tries to stop her. He doesn't want her to see that part of him. But she says she wants to see all of him. So he says, okay. Um, then she kisses him again and they go over to the bed and yeah, things start happening. <laughs> um, we go back to the Citadel where Archmaester Marwin is um, talking to Sam. They're picking books for Sam to figure out a writing style because Archmaester Marwin wants him to write the history of the wall after Robert Baratheon's death, which is supposed to be the name of the book. Sam doesn't think that's quite poetic. Um, Sam keeps trying to bring up that um, he thinks he knows a way to cure Jorah's grayscale, that there were two cases of people being cured by grayscale by this maester, but uh, the Archmaester says, well, yeah, and what did that maester die of? Grayscale. So the treatment is forbidden because of that. Um, Jorah's in his room slash cell. He's writing a letter to Danny, uh, kind of a goodbye letter, I guess, when Sam comes to visit him. Uh, Sam says he's going to try and help Jorah. He says he knew his father, Jorah Mormont, and he was with him with he, when he died. And he tells Jorah, you're not dying today. Um, he gives him some rum to drink. He says, you're going to need to drink this all. And Sam drinks a little of it too, because it's going to hurt. And he also gives him something to bite down on because Sam's not supposed to be in there doing this. So Jorah can't scream. And the reason he's going to need to scream is because Sam has to cut off all of this diseased flesh and tissue and like I said it's covering like the upper part his upper torso on his front and back and down his arm so um Jorah asks have you ever done this before Sam says no but he's the only one who's willing to try it so he basically has to flay um Jorah <laughs> uh which doesn't seem too fun Arya has made it to the inn where um, she left Hot Pie and she hears some men talking about Danny and her dragons. 
Hot Pie comes up and uh, talks to her. Um, he asks if she found the big woman, meaning Prien, and uh, she says yes, she did. He wants to know what happened to her, but she doesn't really answer him, and she asks him for some ale. She's um, very Ari-like, very hound-like. She's eating with her hands, wiping her mouth with her hands, drinking some ale. And uh, he asks where she's going, and she says she's going to King's Landing. And he says, well, why are you going to King's Landing? I would think you'd be going to Winterfell. Of course, she's like, well, why would I be going to Winterfell? The Boltons are there. Um, and he says, no, your brother, John, he um, regained Winterfell. He fought the Boltons, and he won in the Battle of the Bastards. And he's king of the North now. So she thinks he's making this up, but he says he wouldn't make something like that up. And um, he can't believe that he ever thought she was a boy because she's pretty. Um, she tells him to take care of himself. And he says he'll do that. And um, so then we wonder, does is she going to head to King's Landing still? Or is she going to head to Winterfell in light of this new information about John being alive and being in charge of Winterfell? Um, we head back to uh, Winterfell. John's in the Great Hall, and um, he's got all of the lords gathered. He says he's received a raven from Samuel Tarley at the Citadel, and it's about this mountain of dragon glass that is hidden under Dragonstone. So he tells the rest of the Northern Lords, and um, he tells them about Daenerys and Tyrion, how she's come there with dragons, Tyrion's her hand. They still don't know if they believe about the dragons, which uh, I know they haven't seen them yet, but I'm ready for these people to see and believe. So he says he's going to accept her invitation to Dragonstone because they need Danny as an ally. So he will go with Sir Davos. Sansa asks if he's forgotten what happened to their grandfather when he went to see the Mad King um, because, you know, the Mad King killed him and killed Ed's, um, Ned's, um, older brother Brandon um but he says no that he hasn't forgotten um but Tyrion would never harm him um Lord Royce who is from the Vale of Arryn um says that the Lannisters and Targaryens can't be trusted and even Lyanna Mormont says that they need him in the north he's king of the north they need him there but he says y'all crown me your king I didn't ask for it I didn't want it but I accepted it and I will never stop fighting for the North, but the odds are against us. Um, you know, they have not seen the army of the dead. He has, and they cannot defeat them alone. Uh, he knows it's a risk, but he has to do it. Danny is a queen and she'll only trust a king. She'll only talk to a king. So he's going to leave Sansa in charge until he returns. And Sansa looks at Littlefinger when John says this, who of course is smiling and she accepts. John goes to visit Ned, um, to visit Ned's coffin or whatever, his statue in the crypt, and Littlefinger comes up on him and says, oh, well, I delivered your father's bones to Catelyn Stark. Um, he was so sorry that Ned had to die because he really liked him and that he loved Catelyn. And then he tells John that he is the last best hope against the coming storm. And John gives him the side eye there. So I don't know if Sansa mentioned that Littlefinger told her that at one point because he did in the last episode, I believe he told her that. Um, so Littlefinger, you know, is playing 
with everybody here and John is uh, John knows better um, John tells Littlefinger that he doesn't belong there and uh, well Littlefinger says well we've never properly talked and I wanted to remedy that but John says that I don't have anything to say to you um, and Littlefinger says well you're not even going to thank me because if it wasn't for me you'd have been slaughtered um, he also professes his love of Sansa. He says that he loved her mother and now he's in love with her. And this gets John. John throws him against the wall. He starts choking him. And he says, if you touch Sansa, Sansa, I'll kill you myself. So there's some of that Targaryen fire there. Uh, some of that Targaryen temperament, um, that we're seeing. Um, so, um, John, looks like he knows what's going on with Littlefinger. Um, he and Sir Davos go to leave for Dragonstone. Yay. I'm so excited about that. Except for the fact that that leaves Littlefinger alone with Sansa. And I'm just hoping that she is going to keep ahead of him and know that he's full of crap and that she is not going to fall for him and listen to his lies. Arya has decided to head north towards Winterfell and she's in the woods. Her horse is going a little crazy. Um, she's trying to build a fire. They keep hearing her and her horse keep hearing things. And um, we see this pack of wolves that are running around and they surround her. So it looks like maybe Nymeria and her pack have come across Arya. Um, it looks really bad for Arya until the Alpha shows up. And I really hope hoped it was Nymeria. Um, Arya seems to recognize her. She is a huge wolf. And she puts down her sword. She tries to approach what we think is Nymeria. Uh, she tells her it's Arya. And it almost looks like the wolf remembers. Um, Arya tells her that she's heading north back to Winterfell. And she wants her to come uh, to Nymeria to come with her. But, uh, Nymeria, fake or not, um, stands there for a minute and then she turns and leaves and the pack leaves too. And I believe Arya says it's not her. Um, so, um, one of my theories for the season was that Arya and Nymeria would re reunite, which I'm really hoping still happens. Um, so I don't know if this was just a ploy, um, by the executive producers and the showrunners just to give us a little tease from the book um, because we haven't gotten to a point where Arya is back in Westeros yet in the books but um, Arya does have many dreams especially while she's in the house of black and white um, looking through the eyes of Nymeria she dreams that she's a wolf and she's head of this wolf pack in the Riverlands so we know from that that Nymeria is safe somewhere so hopefully they will reunite um we get to, or we go to the boats, uh, the Yara and Theon's fleet, where um, the Sand Snakes are arguing over who gets to fight, um, who at King's Landing, like one of them wants to kill Cersei, the other one wants to kill um, the Mountain, and the other sister is like, yeah, the Mountain killed Dad, I don't think you're going to be able to kill him. Meanwhile, Yara and Alaria are getting to know each other better, and um, they are flirting with each other. Um, it kind of looks like Alaria wants to play with Theon and Yara, but of course Theon's not that into it. We all know why. Um, he leaves, and Alaria and Yara are kissing, and then they get the boat gets hit by something. 
So, of course, it's Euron and his ships. Um, there's a storm, and with it came Euron. So, he hits their ship, and he's got, I don't know what you would call it, but this leg or whatever that comes off of his ship that all the men can run down it right onto their ship. And he is the first one to come down. Um, so... He is swinging his axe as it's a bloodbath. His men are coming on board. Um, the men go down to her to Laria. Uh, one of her daughters tries to protect her, but they end up taking her away. She thinks they're going to kill her, but I believe they're taking her to Cersei. Because Euron said he was going to give Cersei a gift and he can't give her Danny, but he can give her part of Danny's army or he can get rid of part of Danny, Danny's army. Um, Euron's fighting with everyone. Two of the sand snakes go up against him. He ends up killing up, I believe it's Obara. Uh, and then um, he kills the other one as well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, then Yara comes to fight him and he he gets the better of her. And um, he... Um, gets a hold of her and then he calls to Theon and Theon turns around and he tries to get Theon to fight him but poor Theon he just we start to see reek in his face again he just he can't take it and um, he goes overboard after looking at Yara he goes and jumps overboard to save himself so now Euron's got Yara as well as Ilaria um, whatever's left of the sand snakes and they're just boats burning everywhere so I guess this means that the Martell and Tyrell armies are gone um, which it seems like I don't know they wouldn't hedge all their bets on that but that's what they were going to do was to take those armies to King's Landing and if he got all of their boats then those armies are gone so that means that Danny is going to have to use the Dothraki and Unsullied army unless she can get John's help. And John is focused on the north, which is where she needs to be focused as well. Um, so she's not going to have any Westerosi on her side um, after this. And I'm a little surprised at Yara because, and even Danny and Tyrion, um, but Yara especially because she knew that. Um, her and Theon both knew that Euron was going to go to Danny, try to offer his hand in marriage, and um, help her conquer the Seven Kingdoms. Well, obviously, they beat him to that. So, I would think, uh, thinking strategy-wise, that they would be like, okay, well, hmm, he still wants the Iron Islands. We're with Danny. Who's he going to ally himself with? And, of course, that would be Cersei which he does and that's why they run into him because they are taking the armies to King's Landing and he has just left King's Landing so they basically sailed right into him so um I think they should have been a little smarter on that point but um I see how it has to happen because it does make Danny look bad if she has to conquer Westeros with this foreign army and not an army of um, lords and knights of Westeros. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. But the fleet is destroyed. And so that is the end of this episode. Um, so a lot going on. It looks like next week that... Um, John and Sir Davos are going to reach Dragonstone and that John and Danny will be in the same room, which I am super excited about. 
uh, for many reasons. Um, maybe John will get to see the dragons. I want to see another dragon rider. We've got to figure out who the other two riders are because it can't just be Danny controlling all of them. Three heads of the dragon. Um, and John is a Targaryen, even though he doesn't know it yet. Um, Theon, I don't know where he's going to end up. In the previews, I think we saw him coming ashore somewhere and he looked horrible. But Danny has now lost part of her army, again, as I said earlier. So she's going to have to conquer Westeros with a foreign army unless she can get John's help. But again, the war in the north, the war against the White Walkers and the Night King is so important. He's got to somehow prove to her that this is real. Um, and I don't know how he's going to do that, but he's, he's going to have to. Um, and then also, you know, get this uh, dragonglass mind that's underneath Dragonstone. Um, Arya looks like she's heading to Winterfell. Um, if that wasn't Nymeria, hopefully she will catch up with Nymeria because that would just be really good. Um, but when she gets there, she's just going to see Sansa because Jon's going to be at Dragonstone. Um, so there should be at least a little bit of a happy reunion between the two of them. But it, I'm glad that Arya might be there because hopefully she can help um, Sansa against Littlefinger because Littlefinger is going to be all up in her head all the time and I think Brienne knows what's going on with that but um hopefully Arya can help um help dissuade Sansa from anything that she might do um because I do want Sansa to be this strong woman I don't want her to just go with what this man tells her because she wants to be queen I want her to grow up from that being that little girl that just wanted to be queen that she ratted out her father in order to do that um, I would hope that she's learned her lesson by now. I would hate to think of what Cersei's going to do to Ilaria because I know Ilaria is not going to keep her mouth shut. She is going to go off on Cersei. So I don't see her staying around too much longer. Um, and then um, I can't remember, um, even though I just watched the episode, um, I'm hoping to God that Lady Olena was not on those ships anywhere, that she is safe at Dragonstone, um, because that would just be horrible. Um, Danny really does need her. She is a smart old woman, and she's funny, so she's good to have around. Um, and Tyrion hopefully won't take this too hard, um, because that was part of, partly his plan. But I think he's given Danny some really good advice on that um especially with trying to beat king's landing with people from westeros so uh, it also looks like they're going to attack casterly rock next week so i want to see how that plays out and i hopefully it's a punch against cersei even though now she's gonna know something's up because euron's probably gonna make it back to king's landing with yara and Ilaria. um so hopefully they can't be too ready for them because I really want Danny to get a win in this. I was really excited that we finally got to some fighting because um, this, you know, all I heard um, over the break was that things were going to be really fast. Technically, we only have five episodes left of this season. It should be more than five hours because the season finale is supposed to be like almost two hours long, I think, um, somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours long. Um, but... We know from the previews that uh, we're going to see the Dothraki and the dragons in battle at some point. Um, it seemed like, excuse me, this episode was going to be kind of like last week where we wait till the very end for this thing to happen. Excuse me again. But um, 
it looks like things are really gearing up next week. So I really hope it doesn't take the whole episode before Danny and John meet because I'd really like to see that and like to be going somewhere with that. Um, even just to move this whole thing along, whether they're going to be in alliance or not. Um, so I don't want them to walk in. I don't want Davos and John to walk in at the last minute. And uh, is Melisandre going to still be there? How are they going to react to that? Is Davos going to out her to Danny as well? Because I don't think Danny's going to be down with killing children. Oh, and I loved in this episode how Cersei just like lied about Danny, which I mean, I guess if I was in her place, I would do too. But um, she tells the Western lords that, um, you know, Danny just look what she did. She flayed and ate and fed these men to her dragons. And this is what she's going to do to us, that she's mad just like her father. Um, and I don't know if any of you know uh, my crazy theory. Um, I believe in this theory a little bit. I'm not like full blown behind it, but I have this theory that... Um, Cersei may actually be a Targaryen um, because in the books uh, and I think on the show too it mentioned but um, the Mad King really liked Joanna Lannister who was Tywin Lannister's cousin. Tywin married Joanna. Joanna is supposed to be the mother or is the mother of Cersei, Jaime, and Tyrion um, but they were married in the capital and he the Mad King had a thing for Joanna and he took liberties during the bedding ceremony, which was a thing that further caused a drift between the Mad King and uh, Tywin Lannister. Because Tywin Lannister was his hand, but um, people like, um, oh gosh, what's his name with no tongue? Um, the King's Justice um, from season one. I'll remember his name in a minute. Um, who had his tongue cut out. He had his tongue cut out because he said that Lord Tywin was actually ruling, that it wasn't King Aerys. And um, that's, so that's why he got his tongue cut out. Tongue cut out. That really bothered Aerys. Aerys sent uh, Tywin away. But anyway, so uh, long story short is that there was supposed to be some sort of um, something done within the bedding ritual. There were liberties taken. Tywin was not happy about it. And... Um, so some are saying that there's this theory out there that maybe Tyrion could be a Lannister because of the fact that the Mad King liked Joanna and Tyr Tywin has said that he couldn't prove that Tyrion was not his son. Um, but I was wondering if, and it's a crazy soap opera kind of theory, if um, Cersei could possibly be a Lannister because, um, because maybe during if it was during that betting thing and that was the only time anything happened it wouldn't be Tyrion because Tyrion was born later so perhaps um the Mad King did whatever with Joanna that night Tywin did what he was supposed to do with Joanna that night and here are these twins and technically medically twins can have different fathers um it's very rare but it can happen so I've just always wondered with uh, with Cersei being the mad queen that she is with her blowing up half of the capital, like the mad king wanted to do, could she be a Targaryen? But then does that mean that one of those dragons is going to like bend down and be like, Hey, come ride me because I'm not up with that. Uh, she cannot ride those dragons, especially not after she defamed Balerion's skull. I'm just I'm so pissed about that. Sorry. I'm a dragon fanatic here. So anyway, um, 
we'll see what happens next week. It looks to be a really good episode. Have any questions, comments, crazy theories? Um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook. And it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four. And then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram. And you can check out my podcast if you're not. Well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of the Thrones. And um, it's called the website is 3cstudio.net uh, slash game, games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, So thanks for listening to my podcast and I will see you next week. Bye.